Hello and welcome to the show. This is the Goodwin Podcast and I'm Nico, your host. And today is a very special day. It's the most special day of the podcast so far in our young life. It is special this day of the podcast. And the reason that it is a special day of the podcast today is a special day of the podcast is because uh, the specialness is brought because there's a guest, there's a co-host, and it's the first time uh, in the history that the specialness is now derived because of the co-host that we have on the show. And I'd like to introduce you to this co-host if you're just if you're just listening. Uh, me and this person go way back, pretty far back, uh, 25 years back in the making. Um, this is my my little baby, small, tiny. Um, uh, uh, lar- you know, he's he's bigger than me. He's he's a lot bigger than me. My less handsome, no, well, my less funny, less handsome younger brother, who's uh, with me today, and uh, it is he's also more he's handsome and he's and he can be fun. Anyway, so very special guest today. Today is special because I have a co-host. And uh, it is my younger brother who I love and cherish. Uh, and, you know, it's up to you whether he's less handsome or less funny than me. Um, and, you know, that's to be seen. So I'd like to introduce you to Vincent Alexander Lapalusa. Vincent. Thank you. Wow. Touch to think on. You think you hit it. You hit all those points, especially the handsome um, and bigger and smaller. I think that there is a nice contrast there of both bigger and smaller. Um, between the two of us. So now thank you. It's been a pleasure listening to you start this podcast and honored beyond belief to be here. Yeah, I mean smaller in years and numbers. Yes. On birth certificate. Um uh, and you were smaller than me for about twenty <clears throat> twenty years of my life. And then all of a sudden yes. you just kinda you just kinda went for it. And um that late bloomer. You're late. Yeah. I, you know, I've been meaning to talk about our being a late bloomer myself. Yeah. And I think we both were kind of late bloomers. Yes, I would agree. So, I mean, do we dive into into, into bedwetting? You, yeah, you went to bed more than me. I did. I, see, I can't speak to that because... I can. Okay. I, I feel like you can. That's yeah. something that I definitely... I know my I know my stats. I don't know yours. No, I, know I don't know how. Was, I don't know your age yeah. until you went there. Well, no, I, I know your age, your frequency, because I would, um, I would, uh, I had a little checklist on my inside of my closet door growing That's up. Smart. Um, and I would monitor. I'd monitor, the, you know, smell, mm. uh, the amount. Um, I would do taste tests, you know, periodically just to know what kind of you were working with. I, I think yeah. there's a lot of good information. There is in urine and. Uh, and I really wanted to know how you were doing, and it seemed like the best way was to um, also, when when you didn't wet the bed, uh, taking taking my soil, my soil, and I mean, you know, dumping it on you, so that so we, that yeah, yeah, I get that. That's understandable. Um, yeah, no. Did you ever did you ever incorporate the diet? Like, did you take that information, or or was that more of a? I could really I could tell when you ate like a particular amount of smoked or cured meats. That's the truth. Yeah, because yes. there would be a it certain a... Uh, zest to to the urine. But what what I found was puberty use was like the stopping of my my bedwetting career. I was just the blossoming of my. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But... Well, there's okay. There's, there's two guys in the world. There's guys who wet the bed when they're younger, and then there's guys who wet the bed when they're older. <laughs> I can I can realistically say I think since hitting puberty sophomore year of college, I have not I have not wet the bed once that's your um, that was second puberty or first puberty that was it's hard to say i guess i guess just based on because i think first puberty is when you can ejaculate so second puberty it was your second that puberty. was my second puberty yeah yeah something about turning like 15 it just it just kind of dried up the well and yeah. i don't know what yeah i can agree with that there's so much to unpack like with the anxiety and the stress of like wanting to go to sleepovers, but also hmm. not like being able to fall asleep comfortably. Cause it was, it felt like a coin toss. Mm-hmm. Like 
there mm. were no real indicators that I could be aware of whether or not I was going to wet the bed or not. I wonder if it was like dietary so, sugar. Or- so mom and dad, and I don't know if we've ever, if I've shared this or talked about this with you. They told me one that milk before bed was a bet. That was no, don't do that. So don't, don't have milk before bed or else guarantee hundred percent. You're going to wet the bed. Okay. <laughs> Two. And we were a skim milk household. Oh, which skim milk to die for? Yeah, I think I got cancer and almost died <laughs> because of the skim. I, I blame exclusively skim milk. There's this side over voice was good. Sorry, yeah. side note. That's yeah. Um, did you also the did you did mom and dad ever give you those those pills the what the bedwetting tablets? No, um, go ahead. I'm ready. <laughs> they yeah those um. No idea what I remember of them. Um, actually, I have vivid memories of taking them at Camp Ed's because that was the most high anxiety time. Camp Edwards. This is circa. perfect time for attention. Yeah. Camp Edwards, for those who don't know, we went to a Catholic school, uh, middle school, St. Mary's Buffalo Grove. And we didn't go to Washington, D.C. in eighth grade. Uh, we didn't have... Yeah, so our trip was we went to a YMCA... Mm-hmm. Camp overnight camp in seventh grade. Yeah, and we spent a weekend there. Pretty much, uh, what did we do? We tasted owl pellets. And yeah, we you played game capture the flag. I had a pillow fight. Someone got drop kicked. I remember that specifically. Yeah. Like it was a there were pr- like you got put in the snowball cabins, fights. Yeah, and then you had like prank wars between the cabins. Mm-hmm. People would set up like a thousand cups on the floor, or mm-hmm. yep. or stinkweed. That was a big one. Mr. Lewis guided us towards stinkweed. At least our year. Yeah, and we um, would wrap them in bags and, and throw them into the other cabins. And it's and it's, it smells stinkweed. It smells rancid. It smells rancid. Yeah, and, you know, as the late bloomers, like, seventh grade still meant that there was that 50-50 toss-up of, of wetting the bed. So yes. when I went there, it was like, oh, damn, three days, like, three nights, like, 50-50 chances. I'm probably peeing on some yeah. one or something. Um, and that was your, your yeah, situation. Yeah, and that was my situation. Um, and like I said, mom and dad equipped me. With these pills that came in a, the tiniest little container, I a thimble, <laughs> <laughs> and they were so chalky. So I they might have been dehydrating pills, or they might have just been placebo. I don't know. And I remember specifically there was, and it made me feel so bad. The image on the container was a teddy bear with a diaper. <laughs> and it was like light blue and pink. And I remember I was like, no one can find this. No one. Or else I'm done. Or it's done. It, life is over for me at that point. So I remember always dipping out to go take these pills. Just one. You take one before bed. And I, based, I don't have the, the evidence. I don't have the data. But I feel like it worked. Maybe it was placebo. Maybe no, it was. Re- I, I don't know. Remember the story. It was a hundred percent placebo. This, what I've been told, yeah, is this was a placebo pill that Amazing. they gave you on special times when you had to go when you had sleepovers and stuff, mm. and which I didn't, I didn't get. But I think it did work, and it was tricky. And how do you feel about that? That makes me feel being cool. Like it makes me think like, oh, then what it makes me question what bedwetting really is. Is right. it is it strictly anxiety? Is right. it like did it happen like at younger ages and then it just became an anxiety thing that therefore because I mean, and maybe this is a transition into the pee anxiety, just that you can't that people have. I would say men have sometimes. Um I can speak for myself and say I have pee anxiety sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um so maybe that is something that is this was this just an anxiety thing and then the placebo eased that anxiety my mind eased that due to the placebo pills um i don't know that'd be in- that's interesting it's interesting to me yeah i could i mean there was a time p anxiety you know you'd go to, i'd go out to bars and of course alcohol can make you want to pee uh but you go to bars and it would, you'd walk into the bathroom and it was just 
a hole on the ground, like exposed, and you had to pull for some you had to pull your pants all the way down to your ankles, <laughs> lift your shirt up, and so you were exposed to the elements, and you yeah, were seeing dicks next to you. Oh yeah, you, left and right, and and I couldn't exactly pinpoint. The, where the anxiety came from, but I knew that some nights, like I'd go into the bathroom and there'd be a line and all the conditions mm. would be right to feel like I needed to rush or that I was being seen or exposed. So I would just, instead of peeing, I would just hold it and do like jumping jacks and trying to get the, I would just, instead of force peeing, it. Yeah. I just, no, I would try to sweat out. Oh yeah. You, oh, I, I you went that route. Okay. Out. I, Cause I'd rather be smelly and sweaty. <laughs> than <laughs> then have to feel <laughs> them than have to feel rushed at, at mm-hmm. the urinal. Now, this is a young man's game. I've kind of, how have I circumvented that through, one thing I'll do is I'll I'll sink the energy out into my stomach or into my genitals, mm. like in my mm-hmm. mind. Okay. And another thing I'll do is, yeah, I'll just try to really <clears throat> feel my balls without looking at them or touching them. Mm-hmm. I'll just use my mind to feel my balls or my, or my taint. And that can open the floodgates, a little bit of breathing work. Breathe, yeah. But is it because it's just vulnerable, right? Your, your back is exposed oh, completely. Exposed. I mean, that's a. I was more conscious of that after starting jujitsu, but that was. It is a. It's a vulnerable position. It's and in going back to that bar situation, I mean, I have memories of Wrigley Field, uh. too. And as a young child going into Wrigley Field, if you've never been to Wrigley Field, they have trough style mm-hmm. urinals and. The, the urinals are not only trough style, like butted up against the wall, it's trough down the aisle. So that means both sides are peeing into a trough. But that means as a child, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, my height is penis level. Yeah. And so I'm trying there, but I'm surrounded by maybe dad on my right, stranger on my left. Maybe you were there and just there's penises everywhere. And oh, yeah. all, all just peeing. It, it was, yeah, I, I it's mean, a thing. I think six years old, seven years old is, is urethra height, is roughly yeah. urethra height. And, and what you didn't elaborate on was the troughs at Wrigley Field were like the stainless steel. So the splatter mm, the sp- effect, oh, yeah. like not only were you closer to the, to dick level, but you were also closer to the trough. So the splatter effect, you're basically washing your eyes with other men's urine. Yeah. And that's why we're a stronger generation than the generations that are going to come. Because I yeah. I have you heard of urine therapy? No. So there's um it's super damn it, I don't remember. But basically people drink their pee in the name of medicine. Oh. There's like okay. books called You Make Your Own Medicine. There's books mm-hmm. called like I can't think of a pun, but basically drinking <laughs> your own pee. Um how to do it, when to do it, mm-hmm. and uh I dove into it a little bit because I was looking at all sorts of ways to heal without doing the chemotherapy and doing urine therapy was part of it. So for those interested, um, you're supposed to drink the first pee of the morning because that's after you sleep is when all the growth hormones are like secreted through the kidneys and liver, et cetera. So the first pee in the morning is your most potent and, um, you can drink it. You can put it on your skin. Some people say it's acne stuff. It has like a certain amount, the uric acid in it. Like that dry, dry you out. Would yeah, yeah. I, I did it. So and you can people flush their eyes with it. That's uh, why. Mm. So I tried all this shit. And what there's two things I gathered from it is you can really taste coffee, <laughs> and it's not that bad. Taste coffee. Even the first one, if you haven't had coffee, like if you had, so yeah, had coffee how long this, yeah, how first long? First pee of the morning. What, what I started to realize was I could like smell it as I'm peeing. Oh. As I was peeing for some yeah. reason, I became more in tune with what was leaving my body because I had made okay. a commitment to drink it. And the first time drinking it is like difficult as you can imagine. Yeah. Um, so warm. But like it's that it's that word yeah. it's that bad temperature in my opinion like a tea, I like it hot, like or iced. Eh, mostly like if I'm if I'm drinking a hot tea, mm-hmm. I like it like one forty. I think is like, like a good body temperature ninety seven point six. It doesn't do it for me. It's getting to that really really shitty lukewarm like oh no not for me. So that's that's kind of what how I imagine that. 
urine. So yeah, Wrigley Field as a child is basically forced <laughs> urine therapy. Forced urine therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely at least the splatter. I maybe a little bit in the mouth. Mm-hmm. You could, yeah, you could take there was a taste that kind of lingered with you the rest of the day. Yeah, Chicago ones um, are tough, you know, and they and have yeah. notoriously good skin. And they eat a lot of beef and sausage, so there's a lot of yeah. Oh, cured meats. Cured meats. And yeah. like going back to kind of what you said about or said earlier, just the cured the spiciness in the in your urine from the cured meats really uh enhances it. Yeah, I think I think looking, you know, maybe if you've never stopped to notice your pee, you don't have to drink it. Maybe dab a little bit on your on your uh on the beard. Well Yeah, or, beard like man. a beard oil. Yeah. Is that the same? No. Huh. Beard oil and urine. Again, I feel like that's I feel like it has a drying effect. Again, i I can't speak. I have not done this, so You this are a not. chemical engineer, so for those who <laughs> don't know, Vincent is a you're a water treatment specialist. I am a water treatment specialist. That is Yeah. 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 I feel like it's your civil responsibility to, <laughs> to drink the, your own pee or the pee of the community. Pee of the community. I'll start maybe with mine. I think we're going to wrap up the pee yeah. portion of this, but I do want to say one good. more thing. Okay. There, so I, I did a, a, a ayahuasca ceremony some years ago, and um, I, heard, I had heard that I, I knew about this urine therapy and I'm like, oh, my God, I can kind of, you know, have my own batch of medicine. Um, so I brought a jar to the ceremony. And uh, and the next morning, I peed in the jar mm. to save it. Oh. And I'm like, okay, mm. I'm going to bring home this medicine. And, and there's people that get into, like, aging your urine. And I... So I'm like, okay, I peed in the jar. I'll save this for a rainy day or for a time where I want to pray. Maybe I'll be able to reconnect with the medicine, kind of have my own little experience. So I put it in a jar. I put it under my sink and I kind of forgot about it. Well, I came back and there was, it looked like a tapeworm. Uh, but I, don't, uh, I don't know if it was a tapeworm because it didn't it didn't have its own movement like i don't know what a tapeworm really is but it was a long thin it looked like dna super uh like on a way larger scale it was like mm-hmm. white and like picture alien oh yeah uh, i'm there the, like the first creature like and i'm like i don't think i should drink this so I still have the jar and I wonder what the, no, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I haven't drank it and I don't think, I don't think I am. So what's your take on that? Uh, first off, Where did that one of my, uh, you're in talk. It's just a product of urine talk. Um, yeah. You, you said that you wanted to add one more thing before moving on from the urine talk. And that was the one thing. So first off, oh no, I'm saying where did the tape? Oh, where did the like, tapeworm the, come from? Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant this conversation. He is sterile, dude. At, that's um, like I was gonna say. First off, one of my biggest bugaboos are parasites. Parasites gross me out, and tapeworms. Oh, just the idea of that yeah. really grosses me out. So that story is traumatizing for me. Yeah. But where did it come from? Yeah, if P is truly sterile. Um, I guess one, was it a sterile jar? Did you, was, well, how was the jar's integrity? Okay. That's one possibility. One possibility. So maybe you, maybe the urine, the, the ammonia actually grew some, a little bacteria that was already in there. Thoughts. I don't know. Or you produce this. This is your child. This is your baby. And you need to nurture it and take care of it as your own. Seems more logical to me. Yeah, I'll probably, I probably won't. Okay, I'll probably offload that. Yeah, that's smarter. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I do want to get it. Like, I wish I got it tested. Like, took a sample. To yeah. See if it was back. How do you identify bacteria or? 
I don't know. I don't do, know. Don't, like at, for at tapeworms, home. don't you have to wait till you're sleeping and then hang a piece of meat over your butt? <laughs> I, that's the, yeah, that's the raw meat. You know what I'm talking the, about, right? I do. Yeah, I do. Um, I've also heard starving yourself and resting warm food on your chest and it comes out your mouth. So, yeah, I think uh, that's worse. I uh, I think that's worse. Um, I think I'd rather it just... I'm used to in this way and out that way. That's what I'm. That's what I'm comfortable with right now. Yeah, I've played with the the, the lines. The, I've blurred yeah. the lines between that. Yeah, quite a bit. So I would rather the tapeworm exit my normal one way path so far. So you wouldn't be open to anal. Um. Yeah. So I do like. I mean, massage in the area. Mm-hmm. I've never received anything passed in, like no, nothing past, like past the threshold. Nothing, not nothing. even you. Not even no, no. no. I, I, I feel weirder about me going in there than like a trusted partner. Huh? Why? It's you, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. And I, I don't actually know that for a fact yet. Um, I've thought about this because yeah, this has been just a thought of mine, and it's. Am I violating myself? Is that is that where my mind is? Am I? I don't know. I I don't fully know. You know, I'm, in this topic, I'm, I'm more more bark than I am bite. I'm mm-hmm. more talk than I, okay. bark than I am. Uh, but bite, but bite, bite, and um. But I have, you know. I've yeah. been in the shower. My favorite herbal essence is shampoo, conditioner. You know, it's got nice. on my finger. I'm like, well, may as well. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And um, conditioner, not shampoo. Conditioner yeah. tends to be a little it's smoother, smoother, but the water does this weird thing. I talk about this sex in the shower yeah, thing, dude. It dries out. It, it's it not, dries. It's not lubricating. I sex in the shower was the apex of sexuality mm-hmm. from 13 to 26. 2022, whatever. It's 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, mm-hmm. 19, 20, 21, 22-ish. And when I finally got it, I was like, uh... So now thinking from the water water treatment side of it, oh. we live in the Midwest. Very hard water here. Hardness in the water, especially if you're doing it at high temperatures, uh-huh. that's going to extract... Like, that's going to make it dry. It, it literally, I mean, you've been in a hard... You've you've showered and like it kind of just has a gritty feel, right? Do you know what I'm talking about, or okay. is that is that something? Yeah, that... I'll, I'll notice like a particular dryness to yeah. my skin. And so, like for me personally, I'm a big I'm lotion after after showers. I I love my lotion after showers. Um, but I'm thinking like it has an anti lubricating effect. Oh. That that's that would be my my take on that. And my um, take was so that so pussy juice is aqueous. Okay. Oh yeah. So it's just it. Mix it and it's there's more dissolves in water. I thought that organic it would be an organic so it would lubrication and in repel, yeah. And it would like oil and water, it wouldn't it'd be hydrophobic and it wouldn't dissolve. And I thought they wouldn't have an effect, but yeah. And it's the quantity. Why wouldn't it be aqueous? Because our body is like, yeah, aqueous, yeah. It's yeah, that makes sense to me, huh? Um, but. So you so you took the lotion or the conditioner uh-huh, oh yeah, and okay. you Yeah, I gotta say probably the first time fifteen, sixteen something. I remember the you know, it was at uh parents' shower back in the day. A nice shower and back in just the day. didn't even maybe a half a fingertip. Okay. And since then this is all talk. I haven't done yeah. the full I'm thinking maybe anal beads and you work your way up. That's probably the... And see if I like it. Because I've had yeah. the massage, the pre yeah. massage, which has led to a certain type of sexual experience that's been really nice. But mm-hmm. I haven't had the penetration element. Yeah. And see, I don't know. I, I think I would, like I said, in my mind, I feel more comfortable with a human hand, a trusted human hand. First, not a full hand, a finger. <laughs> uh, let me rephrase that. A finger for a trusted partner's human finger first. Then maybe work towards, like you said, the beads. 
Mm-hmm. I don't have any interests in like being pegged. That's not of interest for me. Right. With plenty of room to grow. Cause we're so young. Yes. I'm 25. I'm 25. A young, yeah. I'm a young Sprite in this world. Young 25. <laughs> young 25. So it's yeah, definitely room to grow. I'm not gonna. And I feel the opposite. I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather put a bead in my, a bead in my own butt than let anybody else near there. bead my butt. That's, that's cool. Yeah, growing up, I feel like there is a certain rigidity that comes. I, I, I should maybe have started a little bit. I don't know. This isn't important. No, it's not. Well, it could be if you want to make it important. Yeah. But it's not. Should we start over? <laughs> <laughs> scratch scratch everything that we've said past 30 minutes. <laughs> so what are you working on? What's like... Mentally, not even like abstractly. What are you mm-hmm. working on? Um, I started the uh, 21 days of abundance meditation again. Oh, you did? Like I'm on day 10. I just did day 10 this morning. <sighs> that's been, that's been nice. So I started, um, so let me back this up a little for those of you who don't know, which I imagine is every listener. Um, I had knee surgery two months ago no six weeks ago six weeks ago i had knee surgery and i was informed by multiple people you i think being the first and then like the physical therapist to take in some meditation as part of the um recovery as long along with physical stuff so i started meditating and then i decided to do the, the 21 days of abundance again and it's been nice. I'm actually doing it with with my girlfriend. So that's it's it's been really nice doing it with another person as well. And um I don't know, like just the one the act of like the very first thing doing it in the morning. I've noticed for instance this morning, I noticed when I woke up, I was super super foggy in my mind. Mm-hmm. Very very foggy and I don't know probably just maybe a post hangover effect from Thanksgiving two days ago. Um, and just a little bit of dehydration. Um, and I afterwards, and this is something I've just kind of picked up in these last 10 days. I've been trying to be conscious to the feeling before and a feeling right after. And afterwards I have a burst of energy Mm. to be productive as well as a, clear focus on what I need to do for the day, which wow! if, if that's the only thing that comes out of this, heck yeah, I love it. It's mm-hmm. awesome. And it's a 15 minute meditation. Um, I haven't been super on top of the, the tasks that go along with that. Okay. It's been, I've been mo- majority focusing on just the act of meditating mm-hmm. 15 minutes in the morning. Very first thing. And like I said, it's been it's given me a nice kick to to push my um my day forward. Yeah, who who does that meditation again? Chopra. D- Deepak, Deepak Chopra. 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 Yeah, yeah. It's a twenty-one Chopra. day meditation. There's uh, a guided meditation that's about fifteen minutes. That's a part of it, and then there's like some tasks that you can do that you're to do as like homework, and mm-hmm. the task can be like. And like early on, they're like, write down all of the debts that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, write down a list of people who inspire you. It, it could be like, um, draw what abundance means to you. Um, yeah. Things like that. And I found it really nice while doing it. And I'm sure there's a resonant effect. There's like a ripple effect to doing stuff like this that carries on. But I find that these meditations are like, they're for the moment. They're like for the actual time. And even though this one was focused on abundance and specifically in the form of money, I think one of the meditations is like, I deserve to have money Mm -hmm. building your self esteem and saying things like, yeah, I deserve to have money. If I was given money, I would know how to disperse it through my community in a way that produces health, wealth, and happiness, Th- things like this. And and by getting yourself to say those things, which I've talked about before, you may not feel it, but there's a time where you will feel it. And it feels like it validates the whole practice. And um, 
you know, I think maybe if I just did the 21 meditate day meditation over and over again for the rest of my life, that would almost be, there'd be value in that specifically like to show up for something every day, mm-hmm. not to just do yeah. the 21 day abundance meditation. Be like, Oh, well at least I'm done now. Yes. Accumulating abundance. Yeah. That's actually been the thought too, for me is yeah. What is past this 21 day? I, I'm a big with my, when it comes to meditation, I like guided ones. I've, I've, maybe it's because I'm not, it's like you said, it's showing up for something. And like by doing it, I'm showing up for this app on my phone for, for the audio on my phone. Um, whereas when I've tried to meditate continuously, just myself, I find I fall off easier than showing up for something. So what's the structure of meditating by yourself look like? Um, Sitting still and being quiet? Getting So it usually starts with a little bit of journaling. Oh, okay. Then after I'm done journaling, I just sit still, be quiet. And a lot of times I've, I would get into when I was the most productive at it, I felt the most productive at it. I was getting, I was like repeating a mantra of like who I am or who I want to be. Maybe it would be a better thing. So it's like, I am strong. I am confident. I am sexy. I am intelligent. I am this, I am that. And that for me, and then afterwards I'd follow that up with a little Wim Hof breathing. And that, again, I same kind of concept where I would be kind of ready for the day then. Like that was a, that was a nice start for my day. Yeah, I do think there's a little structure that's helpful. And <clears throat> when I do meditations, I usually give myself, there's a task involved. And the task more specifically like in Vipassana style is you sit down and you bring your awareness to different parts of your body, you body scan mm-hmm. and you become aware. So now my mind has a task because when I just sit, I'm like, just, okay, I'm just going to sit down and let it all go. Uh, if the mind is like a wild horse that day, I, I don't feel like I'm actually doing or like I'm not actually being the meditation that will, that like serves me. I could almost even be spinning my tires over and over again. It's not simply about sitting down and being still, although there's a lot of gold to just extract from stillness, particularly Mm -hmm. if you haven't done it a lot before. But now that I can sit still for quite some time, um, or I've done it at least in the past, I give my mind something to do as well. And by giving that task, I can kind of like free my mind and liberate myself from my mind because eventually that body scanning technique where you go from part to part to part turns into an awareness of the full sensation of my body working all at once. Mm-hmm. And that, and even that task of scanning dissolves into something more subtle, but to get there usually takes the mind needs some, like a little bit of structure. It needs to be corralled in, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there is, there is techniques because there was a time where I'd sit down in meditation and be like, um, what can I hear? You know, like if I was on a bus, for example, I, I would I'd be like, who can I hear? What can I hear without trying to change it? But just like fully take in like the surrounding sounds. Mm-hmm. And like that was a task of like getting out of my mind, though. It's something I can give my mind so I can get out of my mind mm-hmm. in a way. Um, but like an aimless tasks list meditation, sometimes it might be, it's too hard, especially if you're a beginner, which I, I don't, I think you've fucked with this stuff a little bit now that you're not total beginner, but it's like, yeah, structure helps Yeah, at times. Yeah. I like the body scan. I've done that a little bit and one of, one of the recommendations I was given when doing that too is when your mind does wander or drift from the body scan. Cause I don't know about you. I would catch myself mm-hmm. start. I would always start at the crown and then work my way down. And like all of a sudden I hit the ears and now my mind's thinking about a task. And then I'm like, okay. So what I was told is to visualize that as looking, not being like upset that you just wandered away from your task, 
of body scanning, but actually see that as like you're looking at a blue sky with clouds and like see that as like a passing cloud. You're like, okay, Hmm. there's that thought and it's gone. And now back and I'll bring it back to the body scan. And then when you hit that, that next thought, there's that other cloud, let it pass. And that for me kind of not attaching, trying to detach emotions from the thought that you, that all of a sudden wanders into your mind. Mm -hmm has also allowed me to get back to what I had put the intent into at first. And that's been nice. Yeah. Equanimity looking, being able to experience a thought without <clears throat> being wrapped up in the good or bad, you know, looking at mm-hmm. it. And also I feel like meditation is like a constant, it's just an act of returning over and over again or remembering yeah. over and over again. And it becomes easier, like discipline or mental, the the mind monkey or whatever. Um, it just, it becomes easier to return the more you return, like a muscle. <laughs> yeah. I also like the imagery of like sitting down and, and your body's like a, a, a jar full of water and sand or dust. And when you sit down, all the dust and all the sand is kind of like a mm-hmm. snow globe. Mm-hmm. And I like the imagery. It's like it works with body scan mm-hmm. too. It's like, oh, I'm, the first round, I'm just going to settle the dust back to the ground, like back into mm-hmm. the ground. So I become a clear water vessel, you know, and th- mm-hmm. that, that image has, has helped me out <clears throat> at different times. That's cool. So you're doing the abundance meditation. Yes. You're doing... Um, so that's like a mental, spiritual kind of thing you got going on right now. Is there anything else you're working? I know. Well, talk tea. Yeah, tea. I love tea, as you know. Um, yeah, I got a tea blog. That's the. That's kind of been my my side my side gig. Besides being a water treatment expert, I'm also I love tea. Tea's fun, man. It's a uh, I so kind of talking on my tea journey. I started drinking tea in high school as a supplement to a little caffeine because being up early in the morning for football and wrestling practice, I would afterwards I'd just kind of get sleepy throughout the day and I I made the decision I'm like I don't want to be attached to to uh coffee. I I heard a lot of people kind of scared me away from it. Also, I didn't like the flavor at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I made that decision. I'm like, okay, let's find something else that, in my opinion, was healthier um, that I could maybe still get a little boost of energy. So stumbled upon tea, green tea specifically. And, I mean, it was nothing. Like It was just the tea bag. Any tea bag that mom would buy, that was what I was drinking, any green tea bag. Um and I just kept that going. I kept that that going. I really loved green tea. So then I kept that going throughout high school, throughout college. Uh, I started to expand a little bit in college, like work a little towards like matcha. I really got into matcha kind of junior, senior year of college. Um, and then almost a year ago, I just... I was looking for an outlet of some sort that need that because I needed to find something different to do. I was I was getting un, I was unhappy in life. Really, was that that was the the thing is there was five or six different things happening in my life that was making me unhappy, and I needed an outlet. And I so I wrote down one day all the things that I love to do, like ten things that I really enjoy, like daily activities or just things that bring me joy. And top of that list was tea. And so I was like, okay, well, what can I do with tea? And after some online research, uh, the tea blog kind of sparked my interest. So I started, it's called Fresh Steeps. Shameless plug. Check it out, freshsteeps.com. Um, I started this blog. Like I said, I think, I don't know, maybe the first post was in December of 2019. January though, like the, this year, 2020, I started it and it's cool. Like tea is a fascinating subject. It's, if anybody's a wine connoisseur, 
it's kind of similar. There's you can dive just as deep into tea as you do into wine. There's fermented teas. There's aged teas. There's there's teas that that just I don't know, like that that are grown in specific parts of specific regions in China, in Taiwan, in Japan, in India, that they all give different flavors, different notes, even though they're considered a green tea. Depending on where it's grown, the climate, the amount of moisture, the amount of sunlight, like it's just, it all varies at how the flavor. And I'm starting, I'm very young in this process of learning about tea, but I'm starting to pick up a lot more. And I like it, one, because it's just interesting for myself, but I like also sharing it. Tea is one of those things that it's a, it's fun to share with people. It's a really peaceful almost meditation to brew some tea, a nice quality pot of tea for others and share that with them. So it's been. There's the tactile of tea. Yeah. Something about warm beverages, you know, in your hands. Um, Yeah. There's an aroma aspect and there's a huge tradition specifically around tea. So if you want to unpack, it's a great hobby because you can study it the rest of your life and probably still scratch the surface. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's nice to start to cultivate hobbies that you can do for the long run. Like even though jujitsu for life or whatever, you know, like there will be a part of my life's journey where my body will break down to a point where I won't be able to play jujitsu like I, I want way, to. Yeah. Or, um, so part of like cultivating more long-term, you know, marrying myself almost in a way developing a sense of commitment to to things I can do for the long term, And and, and tea seems to be one of those things for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. There's, you mentioned the artistry of it. Part of me thinks it's like, how complicated do we need to make things to like validate our hobbies? (laughs) Yeah. That's, there's part of that too, but I'm sure, but it also does matter. It does. It does. Yeah. But because no two plants are are the same. Mm -hmm. So, but also because of that, it kind of actually breaks it in my mind, it breaks down analyzing that so much because the complexity seems infinite that I don't even want to play. You know, I don't want to, mm. it, it's scary. It's too much almost. Yeah. It's too scary. I, I can, I can see that. I can see that. But maybe it's, you can break it down into like digestible chunks, like a certain soil. It's, it has a certain flavor profile or something. Yeah. I don't know anything about about tea really other than the communal aspect that you pointed to mm-hmm. the meditation. First off, I, I do seated meditation so I can bring a certain level of, um, I call it life behind my eyes, Yeah, but it's like a certain presence that when even in this conversation, I'm kind of like coming in mm-hmm. to presence and awareness and then like getting lost again and like getting in my own thoughts yeah. and be, being that cloud and then bringing the life back to my eyes and ears again. Mm-hmm. And that's me- meditations always, it's not a yeah. fancy time that we sit down. It's just how monks sit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's and pouring tea or something that's, it's almost explicitly, it's like you're creating something. It's, it's artistic. Anything where you're creating something, there can be this artistic presence and like, yeah. Meditation is exactly right. Tea. Ah, I love Asian shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. It's uh, no, I mean, my mind goes to many tasks just on that meditation note. Doing the dishes for me is meditative. There's something I, I get into a zone, especially when I pile up dishes. It gives me anxiety at first, just seeing all the dirtiness everywhere. But then you grab one dish. And I have just the the sound of the water running. And I do everything by hand. I don't have a dishwasher at my place. So just the sound of the water running and just scrubbing, put it in the drying rack, pick up another one, scrub. And like I said, I don't really, I'm not really looking at anything. I'm just kind of like the sink is the, is what I'm focusing on. But my mind is sometimes just gone. Like, I, like it's just, I don't even know where I'm at. That to me is such a meditative practice. Mm-hmm. Brewing tea is another thing. I can just sit there. I listen to the pot boil and just watch it. And then you have to, you wait for the tea to steep. And then there's, it's like, I mean, it's like a 15 minute process kind of. 
and it's a nice 15 minute break from just like the like i'll be working and then i'm like oh i want some tea right now i'll go up and take some 10 15 minutes out of my life just to calm it's a break relax the mind calm get away from whatever i was just working on yeah, empowering seemingly menial tasks mm-hmm. with like great care is like uh has been recommended to me uh, the tao te ching says do um do simple things with great seriousness and do serious things with levity so mm. like things that seem overly serious and like yeah. like pol- like religion and politics and all the things all the trigger words like if there's a way to bring levity to that situation yeah. that's bringing more of a balance whereas things that seem menial and ridiculous things like brushing your teeth or or you know for peeing you know after you're forcing your pee out uh, yeah <laughs> or uh is there a level of presence and seriousness that you can bring to it which gives you a sense of purpose and like existence and like um and reprieve so I, i'm constantly looking to try to make serious things joke like approaching it with comedy yeah. i think that's why i'm so drawn to comedy and then also you know bringing a bit of intention and seriousness to things that are menial like car dri- like driving like it used mm. to be such a i just want to get this over when are we going to be able to teleport when is the tube you know futurama tubes going to happen where i can just bloop over to places but now the drive is a thing for me yeah sorry oh. uh, the futurama tube thing i i gotta ask but the how do you land like when do you so you get sucked up and your head is now you're you're going head first towards your direction is there a switch like that you land on your feet at some point like when's the when's the switch happen like and, and do you or do you land on your head and is it just like a nice cushion like that's a serious flaw or or is it like slide like so it slides out so instead of landing vertically it gentle slopes that you shoots you out in no, a gentle I see what slope you, mean. you get yeah. pulled up head first yeah it's a, it's a small it's a body size diameter tube so there's not you can't rotate on a specific axis yeah you would go head first into wherever you arrived yeah and so the only logical unless, explanation for oh, me unless the tube came up from the ground and then so like you yeah and then you like so you get pulled up and somehow it looped get, takes you where you're going and then you yeah. go down into the yeah into the ground and, and back up and then when you get to the top then the, the floor slides yep in, and yep you can just i see it. it i see it Matt, Matt, growing, growing, right? If you're listening, is that the? That's I think that's, that's the creator of Futurama. Please advise this concern. Yeah, that would be appropriate. I would like to know where the thought process was because that's a serious. Why not just make a teleportation? I mean, tubes are funny. It's a comedy. Now, and I also don't know Futurama. Well, do they show? I that was never a show I got super into. Me neither. So maybe they show it. I also, if you're just in the Futurama, will accept um your response as well um yeah but the drive have you driven long distances in silence i used to more i'm like i've kind of like surrendered to like being my audiophilic tendencies where it's like i like hearing things Mm -hmm. like i like podcasts i love i love music but for some reason I'm less inclined to like play music now. Mm. I listen to less music than ever and I'm and I love music so much. <laughs> I play more music now. I was gonna say, yeah, you're playing more music. Um, but I don't over listen to music. I almost keep it special and sacred. And uh I'll just default to podcasts for some reason, conversation. I remember being a kid and like dad would put on talk radio and be like, what? Yeah. The fuck. Right. Yes. Horrible. It's so boring. Horrible stuff. <laughs> and uh, and now look at it. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, something about music has become more special, and and therefore I like, I don't go to it as often. But I wonder if like I just start my day with like a dance party. I've I've also thought about that. Been there. Bring, yeah. Been there. It's good. Bringing that back. 
Yeah, get get find some good playlists and um yeah, I've been I mean, I've started my day especially when I get up early to drive to like a customer. I will if I if it's like four AM and I'm in the car, it's silence for me. For the first for the first hour I sit in just silence for the most part. Or if there is music, it's very it's instrumental calming music. Mm-hmm. That's been the best way for me to drive because if I go right into anything else, like it's too much for me. Um, whereas I am a, I do love music. I go, I, I have waves of podcast music, podcast music, or silence. And I have been listening. Yeah, I recently I've been into a lot of music when it comes to long drives. That's been. I love when I'm, you know, back in the music, in in the music thing, and yeah, when when you're driving, just driving, mm-hmm. like fully going in. Driving has become <laughs> secondary. It's like automatic. Yes. Uh, and there's actually like some safety in that, like where that autopilot actually more like it's confidence. Like there's like yeah, there's yeah. a confidence in it and safer. But sometimes I'll just si- the silence and. I'm just driving. There's been moments where I'm like, holy shit, driving is so cool. Yeah. Like, I'm going 60, 70 mm. miles per hour, like, over the ground. This is so fucking, even in my, even though I have a Honda Civic. <laughs> yes, <laughs> hey, that's a, car. hey, that's a good car. It's a good car. I love that car. And, and reliability, but it, makes, it has the acceleration. I think in a 10 yard dash, <laughs> I would beat the car with my body. <laughs> 10, That's yards, so I'm, true. I think I got it because it's got the hybrid, not hybrid mode, but like that econ mode. mode. Yeah, it's so slow. It's, it's so dangerously slow. slow. So if you slow. need to like get past someone, you you have to like break and like just submit to it. Yeah, it's um, not. Yeah. <sighs> what trips me out sometimes is I'm conscious to, especially if I'm on cruise control. And so when I get on cruise control, I take my maybe this is not the safest, but I take my feet both off like or I take my right foot instead of hovering I just rest it on yeah. the on the floor and sometimes I just think like you said about like if I'm going like on an interstate usually that's when I'm on cruise control 70 80 miles per hour and I think I feel my feet like right below that and mm-hmm. I'm like this is what how far off yeah. the ground and that trips me out sometimes yeah it trips me out but it's um it's cool though at the it's, same time it's so it's really cool. cool and it's yeah. one of those things that's like in like the sun rising in the morning it's just so easy to take for like it's all we've known all yeah. we've known is cars yeah. and automobiles and like for some reason i just put together literally this is like i'm like why is america was the que- was roughly the question like why is america again like what are, mm. why is it and it's like, oh, automobiles. Yeah, actually, actually, yeah. Like cars. <laughs> yeah. America. Like, what's American culture? Like, was a similar question. It's like, oh my god, oil, automobiles, yeah. like mechanics. That is like America. And now cars mm. are throughout the entire world, and we have, uh, you know, started wars off of keeping control off the oil supply, which is people are like, where's our GDP come from? Because we're importing everything from yeah. China. Oil. Oil, yeah. That's... Mm. And then off the piggyback of cars mm-hmm. has been cultural and like Hollywood somehow. And that's like a way that we've had social uh, hierarchy or something in, in the world has then been our, our like industrial industry. Yeah. Cars. It, and then having that prosperity to create really cool movies and shit that the world likes dude and even just yeah like you said the industry like the manufacturing lines that have now having worked on a few of them like it's just crazy how efficient things are are made nowadays and like yeah the the entertainment that's come from i'm actually interested kind of in how cars have influenced the entertainment on a grand scale i'm curious what your thoughts are the same right like moving pictures are 1920 
I don't. Yes, I think it's sure. like Metropolis, which is the first science fiction movie of all time. I think that was like 1930. So okay. I'm thinking like moving pictures were roughly around then. And uh, cars are what? Cars are what? <laughs> I don't mean. I, I don't know. Uh, space. I'm gonna look up the Model T. Yeah. So Henry Ford. He 1908. Is, oh my gosh. October first, 1908. October first. Hey, congratulations. No, we're in November. Yes. <laughs> I thought we were in October. Happy anniversary. Happy, happy anniversary. 112 years. years. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. So 1908. Yeah, by 1920, they were. Yeah, it was already popping. And yeah, they were popping at that point. Let me see when movies were. When. And. Yeah, those were. I don't know. That's interesting. That's. Cars and films. Oh, okay. Here you go. Oh, oh. December 1895, the first and present projected moving pictures to a paying audience were in the Lumiere Brothers in December 1895 1895. in Paris. So, five plus eight is... That's one of those impossible (laughs) edition problems. Five plus eight? There's nothing to hold on to. Where did you get... Oh, See, okay, so, so that's an interesting thought. I had this thought this so morning. 13, oh my God, 13 years after was the car. Yeah. Yeah. That's something because I heard you talking about the... Yeah, yep, yep. Um, but real quick note on the addition. So for me, you just did five plus eight. That makes sense. For me, I did 19 or 1895 to 1905. That's 10, add three to get to eight. Oh my god! Right, I I was gonna I was gonna ask this this morning to uh, the people in the kitchen, and I didn't for some reason. But here it is, and so that's I'm I'm interested in how people do addition, subtraction, multiplication, like because there's multiple ways. Yeah, I think of like a, a stream uh, falling over rocks. It's like there's many ways to get to, to the, the bo- bottom. Yeah, yeah, to the bottom. Um, but yeah, your way makes no sense. Why would you, why would you throw so many extra numbers? Not, to do th- I'm adding ten. I because I, I like to think in tens. I like to think, and I think what I would have done in hindsight is so five plus eight, five plus five is ten. This is more what you did. Yeah, but and then I have three left over. But you but you separated the ten out into two fives, so now you're adding more numbers. And no, that's no, I would do ridiculous. eight plus two is ten. And then what's left over? Three. Okay, thirteen. Because how many? How many two and five? Two and a half. So it's eight plus two and a half fives. No, two and a half twos. So it's thirteen. Or if there's how many ones are between eighteen ninety five to nineteen oh eight. Well, there's five ones until, until the century yep. mark, and then there's eight ones after that. So then you'd have to do five ones plus eight plus ones. Plus eight ones. That's, which is an impossible sequence. I think there's no harder addition than the five and eight. Something about that. Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird yeah, one. It's, it's a weird one. Then six, you, it, six plus seven, because two. No five, one knows that either. Dude, so five plus eight, six plus, impossible. Yeah. <laughs> That's not real. That, that number is an imaginary number. Um, I'm a chemical engineer. Yeah. The... Eight plus five, I think the only way I can physically do that is eight plus two is ten. Yeah. And then you have to subtract two from five, which is three. Yes. So then three plus ten is equal 14. to thirteen. Oh. Thirteen. 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 Yeah. Right? Because one, two, three, thirteen. Mm-hmm. Yes. So So this is good content. We need to get and rid I of think, that number. Yeah. Yeah. Not not well, thirteen, but to five and eight. Everything gets a tough rap. And maybe it's a mental, it's, you know, years of conditioning why six plus seven is so hard for me. Because six is just two threes. And one three plus seven is ten. Onward. And upward. What brought us to that? Well, I know what brought us to that. The car was invented, the car was in, invented in 1908. Movies, the first paying movie, motion picture was in 1895. Yeah. So so you're saying that the car... So in 1908, 
when the car was invented, movies probably also all of a sudden did a. It's it seems a, a coincidence. A spike, you know, like that's kind of the same time. It, movies, and yeah, cars kind yeah, of popped off at mm-hmm. the same time. Yeah. And well, then you look at the 1920s in the United States, Roaring Twenties. It was, I mean, everything just expanded from there. Like that was just a huge boom. Yeah, and cars and movies came probably up. came yeah came up right before that, and it makes sense in a proper time before that, like twenty to um, thirteen years before that, makes sense that like give you that that ten year plus buffer to expand an industry, and then yeah, because I bet if we looked up American cinema, oh yeah, because that was French. Yeah, when yeah, was French. yeah when was uh, the first. American. 1913. The cinema of the United States has had a large effect on the film industry in general since the early 20th century. The dominant style of American cinema is the classic Hollywood cinema, which developed from 1913 to 1969. And 1908 is how many years prior to 1913? Fuck! Right? Oh, no. And they say the Illuminati does not exist. No one says that. <laughs> no one Birds are not with. real. <laughs> no one I hang out with says that. I was thinking of like the most... Re- okay. Like distrust goes so, so far with like government that Flat Earth got traction. And why yeah. Flat Earth is the most That's... ridiculous one to me mm-hmm. is... Who brought this up? Someone brought this up. It's like, do you know how many people would have to be in it? Like, no, no. Real, every single shitty boat captain of the entire <laughs> world would have to be sat down and be like, look, you're going to see uh, mountain ranges at the end. Don't. Don't, don't bring that up ever. Um, like, every single sailor and boat captain, oh, every yeah. oil rig worker... Would have to be in on this. Mm-hmm. Every single one. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of people. People have died building homemade rockets so they can shoot <laughs> yes. up and see the mountain range that encapsulates yes. the Earth. I've seen that video, or I've seen a video of that. That and one is so silly, but to me, it's like, look, this is the amount of distrust yeah. that has been it's cultivated, some, mm-hmm. um, and like the slippery slope that's possible when you start to like really identify with your mind identify with the thoughts and these like yeah it's just it's crazy how it can snowball Mm -hmm. into into something like that yeah and it's a bit it's a big following it's a it's a big is it though actually i don't know i would like to know the numbers i I think it's about a thousand do you know like two percent of all twitter users um are responsible for 60 percent of the comments i've heard that on other podcasts yeah me too (laughs) Everything I hear, I <laughs> there's no new things here. I, <laughs> I think everyone knows that. I was saying, like, I so that that popular series, things I wish I knew about thirty. I want to do like a video of people receiving like the video, and it's just, and every single video is like, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, I remember. It's like, a, oh, I remember. Yeah. I'm giving nothing. <laughs> no new ideas are being cultivated. When has been the last new idea ever? And not even just ours. I'm saying, because I, I agree with you. I don't think I've ever had a new idea. Yeah. <laughs> so is there like a stopping point of new ideas and now it's just, rec- like, I mean, Disney kind of is at that point where they're just repeating. Recycling. They're recycling. So clearly they're not having any good new ideas. Yeah. But they've built up their, their brand enough where it doesn't matter. They could do it. But like, I'm talking just in general, where's the new ideas coming from? Like, is Tesla, like, is Elon Musk, is he doing that? Right, because you think of new inventions. You think of him. And they're like, based on, like, if you want to take, on the surface, things look different. Yes. Like, the invention of the car seem is different than the horse, like getting around on a horse or, yeah. or a pulled carriage. Right? But the, it still the answers mechan- the same question. Yeah. How do we get some point a to point b and then you break down the mechanics like all right well what did they mimic the piston like after oh, shit. i mean and you and kind of i mean you look at a horse but like they're also moving this way hmm. doing this 
Yeah, so and, like the idea is the same that the but the the appearance is different. It wears a different mask. Yeah. It's also different. It is. It's a lot. <laughs> it's very different. There's a thousand horses in an engine as opposed to one horse. Yeah, it's very what's different. A, what's a horsepower in a car? 500? Sure. Not on the, not on the Civic. <laughs> <laughs> Civic is actually half a Maybe horse. A, a mule. Uh, two or three mules that have been working in coal mines most of the time. <laughs> so great on, on mountainsides. Yeah. Really sturdy. You can. <laughs> the Honda Civic is... It won't fall <laughs> over on its side. It's too flat, right? To do that, it'll just slide down the. But it'll rest. Some days it'll just rest, and you <laughs> need that rest and yeah. recovery. Yeah. So are you going to start your own podcast? So what's your blog? Fresh Steeps yes. is going to grow into a multifaceted thing or you like the writing out? Is that you're still going to be writing blog forward? Yes, I like the blog. I do. It's There's, there's again, using, bringing it up again, there's a meditation in writing mm-hmm. too for me. Okay. Um, once I get into that flow state that people know and love of writing and like reading other research papers it's fun i I do find joy in it it's usually the initial do it sit down and do it which i think a lot of people understand that as well um so yes i like the blogging i'm not gonna stop doing that and i am thinking of expanding like you said a multifaceted type thing i think a podcast is a is a, a newer way of transporting the material of the blog, the blog yeah because there's people who love reading blog posts mm-hmm. um i would say that podcasts especially in the last five years if not maybe even more have exploded and more people do it because more people are in the cars more people are driving i know personally i love listening to podcasts while i'm driving mm-hmm. um so i think it's a i think it's just smart and it would be and it'd be fun it'd be fun to do so i think that's a that's a good route to go as well i mean and then the social media games kind of fun. Um, but yeah, I also don't want to spread too much. Just doing it all myself. It's, yeah. it does get, to, and then on top of it working as, yeah, as my primary source of income, it's a, it's a lot, but definitely going to continue and try to supplement things here and there in doses until I feel confident enough to get in a routine of adding more. About tea. Beautiful. Yeah. So everything you want to know about tea and more um, is can be found at freshsteeps.com. Yes. And Instagram, freshsteeps. Yes. S-T-E-E-P-S. Mm-hmm. Um, check out the blog. Check out the social medias, TikTok, Instagram. Are you on Facebook? I am on Facebook. I would say check out the Instagram. Check out the TikTok. Those I'm more active on. Um, Facebook as well. The blog is, yeah, that's where you're going to get the most information, the most bang for your buck. Um, and the buck is free because it's a blog. And, um, yeah. Great. Well, thanks for being here. Thanks for making this episode so special. You are welcome back anytime. I yes. hope to do one maybe in the next 20 or so. Maybe we can get back on here. Yeah. And uh, thank you so much. This has been The Good Wind.